Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! What evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. (laughs) Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow. The hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike... That crime does not pay. Government forecasts indicate that homeowners may face another winter of shortages of all types of fuel for home heating. You're fortunate if you heat with coal because you're able to store fuel. Call your blue coal dealer tomorrow and order all the blue coal your bin will take. Make sure that you order the right size for your furnace. And if you're not sure what it should be... Ask your blue coal dealer. He'll be glad to inspect your heating plant and may be able to make other get more heat and to burn less fuel. Tomorrow, first thing, call your blue coal dealer and tell him to bring you all the blue coal your cellar will accommodate. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Death Takes the Wheel. It is early evening in a richly appointed apartment in the upper 60s. A handsome woman of middle age sits on the edge of her chair, staring fixedly at a photograph. Opposite her, a carefully groomed young man sits disinterestedly examining his fingernails. This, this photograph, Duke, you're trying to say that's me. And a very good likeness, I think, Mrs. Cartwright. Oh, dear, I... I should have known better than to get mixed up with a man like you, but I I was so desperately lonely. Why I... the excitement, Mrs. Cartwright? There's been no harm done yet. But this picture, it's a fake. You're trying to frame me. This is not me. Do you think your husband would think so, Mrs. Cartwright? Oh, my husband. You, you wouldn't show this to him, Duke. You, you couldn't. He'd divorce me. And we wouldn't want that to happen, would we, Mrs. Cartwright? And it didn't happen. Of course, there would have to be some little consideration. Oh, so that's it. Blackmail. Oh, I might have known. Well, I won't pay it. I won't. Now, let's not get theatrical, Mrs. Cartwright. You've too much at stake, and you know it. Maybe. But but maybe I'm not as weak as you think. What are you going to do, Mrs. Cartwright? Call the police. I wouldn't be too hasty, Mrs. Cartwright, if I were you. It might prove fatal. Oh, put that gun away, you. You wouldn't dare use it. Police Department. Hello, Police Department. I was... Hello. Hello, Zenny. Sorry we couldn't do business, Mrs. Cartwright. been wonderful, Duke. Like all good things, I'm afraid it has to end. Oh, I've been looking for you, Mrs. Borden. The boss asked me to have you step into his office. The boss? Uh, she must mean Nicky Valdez, the man who operates this place. What does he want with me? I've never even heard of him. Maybe we'd better find out, darling. Uh, just follow me, Mrs. Borden. I don't understand this, Duke. Well, we'll soon know. 
It's me, boss, Lola. I have Mrs. Borden. Come in, come in. Ah, Miss Borden, come in. Ah, you look very lovely this evening. I don't think I've had the pleasure, Mr. Just call me Nick. I'd rather know what this is all about. I have some photos I thought you might like to see. Photos of you and the Duke. What? Yeah. Where did you get these pictures? Duke, what do you know about this? Well, they're just pictures, Belle, taken here at the club. So you're in it too, hmm? What kind of a racket do you people think you're going to pull? Now, now let's be calm, Miss Van. We ain't going to show these to you. My husband wouldn't believe you. Of course, if he's to ask around if you'd been seen with Duke. You're wasting your time, Mr. Valdez. I haven't any money. My husband only gives me an allowance, a very small allowance. Why, Belle, you we keep just... out of this. Well, Mr. Valdez? You have a new Cadillac convertible, Miss Vaughn. Suppose you were to leave the keys in it tomorrow and it was stolen. You're covered by insurance, no? Go on. That's it. We have a market for such a car, a good market. You lose nothing, your husband doesn't find out. But what? There's no button. Did. One thing more. You leave the registration in the glove compartment and sign the transfer stuff. What? Just a precaution, you understand. In case you try to cross us, we'd be protected. Not that we don't trust you, of course. I see. The car will be in front of my house tomorrow morning at 10 with the key in it. Now, if you don't mind. May I take you home? What do you think? <laughs> I don't think she likes you, Duke. No. But I think she likes you, Nicky. I saw the way she looked at you. This is business, Lola. Strictly business. After we get the car and resell it, we can shake Mrs. Barden down for the rest of her life. fascinating about those papers. I'm sorry, darling. It's an insurance case I promised to investigate. Hmm? What kind of insurance? Stolen cars. Quite an epidemic lately. Insurance people feel it's all part of one operation. How about the police? Well, they've checked all known car thieves and rings. Apparently no luck. Most of the cars are 1947 models and were stolen from quite wealthy families. What's that list you're saying? Uh, it's a list of the stolen cars. Most recent one, for instance, is this uh, Cadillac convertible was stolen this morning from a Mrs. Barden. Belle Barden. Her name's familiar. Well, she's the former Belle Barden, the showgirl. Married Ed Barden about a year ago. Oh, yes, Are you going to see her, Lamont? Yes, Margot. I think it might be worthwhile having a talk with her. She may be able to give us some kind of a lead. <laughs> Message you wanted to see me, Mrs. Barton. Oh, how formal you are. Come on in. Come in. Okay. It's a fancy lamp. Kind of out of my class. Confidentially, mine too. Don't forget, I'm only a couple of years out of a chorus line. You sure didn't do bad. It's not as fancy as it looks. My husband isn't the most generous soul in the world. They're doing all right. Yes, but it's kind of hard waiting, living on pennies till the big take comes. Well, you're a pretty regular dame at that, baby. I thought you wanted to see me to beef about your car. No, no, I can get another car. I... Well, to tell you the truth, I just wanted to see you again. Why? I liked your style the other night. You're my kind of a guy. You're kidding? Why should a guy like you go for a mug like me when there's a guy like Duke around? Maybe I just like your type. Look, baby. We could go places together. I could go places with you, Nikki, but the trouble is I like to go first class. Well, Barton ain't gonna live forever, is he? That's what I thought when I married him, but it looks like he's going to do it just for spite. That'd be tough. Of course, people do have accidents. Mm-hmm. Might be able to help you out on that, baby. That's one of the reasons I asked you to drop by here today. Yeah. 
about the old man there. When's the best time to get at him? About six o'clock at night. He always walks across the street to the taxi stand. But do you think the risk is... I ain't thinking about any risk, baby. What I'm thinking about is how gorgeous you're going to look in black. Does Mrs. Barden expect you at this hour? It's almost six o'clock. Yeah, we'll have to risk it, Margot. Couldn't get here any earlier. Poring over motor vehicle reports all afternoon. Oh, find anything exciting? I found that the most expensive cars have disappeared from the most unlikely places. Such as? Garages from in front of homes, from parking lots. Almost all from places where the thief must have a key. <laughs> oh, isn't that the Barden house right down the street there mm. where that man's coming down the steps? Yes. Well, if I'm not mistaken, that's Barden himself. Oh, he's rather elderly... Come on, look at that car. Good Lord. Mr. Barton, get back. He's trying to get back to the curb. Get back! Get back. Come on, Margot. I don't know what happened. Let me know, please. Let me know. That car deliberately veered toward him. The hit runner, that's what it was. I saw him. Oh, just right on going. Come on, is it bad? He's dead, Margot. Let me through. It's my husband. Let me through. Yes. Oh, somebody do something. Get a doctor. I'm afraid it's too late, Mrs. Barton. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Who did this? Didn't anybody see who did it? Oh, yes, I did, lady. I saw the accident, Mrs. Barton. I was on my way up to see you about your stolen car. What? I got the number, too. You got the number of the car that hit him? What was it? Cadillac Convertible, license number T-917. Oh. I'd like to talk to you about it, Mrs. Barton, before I do anything. Uh, no, no, not no, later. Uh, what did you say your name was? Cranston. Lamont Cranston, I'm a private investigator. I'll call you. I'll call you tomorrow, but not now. Let me see, please. Well, that was cruel, Lamont, bothering her about the car now. Perhaps, Margot. You see, the license number of the car that killed her husband is the same as the license number of the car Belle Barden reported stolen almost a week ago. <laughs> Seeing that Barden woman, I'll... Lola, Charlie with the Barden damn its business. And it better stay that way. Because of you... Hello? Let me talk to Nicky. This is Bill Barden. He isn't here. He... Give me that phone. <coughs> Hello? Nicky, something's gone wrong. Is that any? There was a witness, a private detective. He got the license number. Get his name? Yes, Lamont Cranston. He was on his way up to see me about my car, and he saw the whole thing. No one else got the number? I don't think so. Don't worry a pretty little head about it. I'll take care of Cranston. I'll take good care of him. Dirty double-crossed. You are in love with us. Forget it, Lola. It's you and me all the way, just like it always was. But right now, there's a guy we got to take care of. A guy named Cranston. What are you going to do, Nicky? Maybe he's going to have an accident. Maybe a car might jump the curb. What do you say? Will you do it for me, baby? Why me? Because you're a dame. Everybody knows how women drivers get excited. No. Lola, you do this one thing for me and we'll drop the bottom dam for good. It'll be just you and me, baby. Promise me? Word of honor, baby. Do you think Mrs. Barden knows something about her husband's death? I think it was something more than an accident, Margot. After all, it's a peculiar car thief that first steals a car, then hangs around the house of its previous owner almost a week. You're sure the number was the same as the stolen car? Positive. How about the police? Shouldn't they be told? Of course. First, I intend to give Mrs. Barden an opportunity to tell them. That'll be evidence of her good faith. Commissioner Weston won't like it if you hold out on him. He'd like it a lot less if I started him on a false scent. Look at that car, Lamont. It's funny. Back against the wall, Marco. Looks like it's out of control. It's heading this way, Lamont. Back, Marco, back. Get out of the way. Ah! 
Today, the automatic washer, the electric vacuum cleaner, the refrigerator, and other wonderful devices make life easier for millions of homeowners. But here's a work saver that will do much more for you at a fraction of the cost. What's more, it will actually save you money. It's the new Blue Coal Temp Master automatic heat regulator. The Blue Coal Temp Master is on the job all the time, 24 hours a day, eliminating all running up and down cellar stairs to adjust furnace dampers. You simply set the dial, and the electric eye thermostat in your living room takes full charge of the temperature in your home, keeping it even, constant, and helpful while you sit back and take it easy. Call the nearest Blue Coal dealer and arrange for a demonstration of the amazing new Temp Master. There is no charge or obligation. Find out how easily, inexpensively, you can have carefree heating comfort in your home from now till next May. Over the course of the winter, you'll find, too, that your Blue Coal Temp Master saves fuel, a lot of fuel. Each Temp Master is unconditionally guaranteed for five years. Only Blue Coal dealers have the new Temp Master, so get in touch with the nearest Blue Coal dealer tomorrow. He is listed in the classified section of your telephone directory. And now, back to the shadow. Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane are investigating a stolen car ring. They are walking down a deserted street that evening when suddenly a car swerves out, jumps the curb, and tries to pin them against the brick wall. Lamont, Lamont, are you all right? It's just a few bruises, I think. Oh. Fender just caught me and threw me as I jumped. Thank heavens, darling. If you hadn't pushed me out of the way, I'd... Let me through here, please. Let me through. Anybody hurt? No, officer, nothing serious. Who's the driver of this car? Gee, I don't know. Well, who's the driver? I guess she got excited and disappeared when the crowd started to form on us. She? It was a woman. I didn't get a good look at her, though. Uh-huh. Probably lost control. Well, she'll come forward. Want to press a complaint, mister? No, officer, there's no harm done. I'll just get along home, get some presentable clothes. Okay, suit yourself. All right, here, let the people... That was awfully close, Lamont. I think it was a deliberate attempt to kill me. But who'd do such a thing? Same people who killed Ed Barton. After all, somebody knows that I got the death car's number. Bell Barton. Right. So now, instead of talking to Lamont Cranston, I think she'd better talk to the Shadow. Hello, Lola. You look excited. Where's Nicky? Out front. He'll be right in when he's got his alibi set. What happened? I... I must have took... I... I didn't get Cranston... He jumped just as I tried to pin him against the wall. Uh-oh, Nicky isn't going to like that, Lola. Oh. Nicky ain't going to like what, Duke? Oh. She didn't get Cranston. What? I did, like you said, Nicky, but he moved too fast. Let me see. Well, what do we do now, boss? Lola's got to give herself up. <laughs> Tell her cops you got scared when you thought you hit the guy and you ran. Tell him anything. I can't, Nicky. Don't make me. I can't. <laughs> no? I think you ought to go away, Lola, for your health. Oh, boss, now wait a second. You wouldn't. You wouldn't kill me. Maybe you're going to kill yourself, Lola. Maybe when the cops look up the registration of that car and come here looking for you, they'll find you couldn't play some music. You'd like that, wouldn't you? You'd like me to commit suicide? Well, think again, wise guy. When the cops come for me... They'll find you a suicide. Just like I said. of your new belongings, Mrs. Barton? Who said that? I heard someone. Who said that? I am the shadow. The shadow? I I thought you were just a legend. A legend to the innocent. A nightmare to the guilty, Mrs. Barton. Well, why do you come to me? I haven't done anything. Perhaps you can tell me how it happens that your car was used in the accident that killed your husband? I don't know. That car was stolen over a week ago. Stolen? 
Yes, I, I left it out front overnight, and the next morning it was gone. I notified the police. Very clever, Mrs. Barton. That's not the whole truth. I don't know what you mean. You arranged for your car to be stolen, didn't you, Mrs. Barton? I... I couldn't help it. It, it was blackmail. They made me turn the car over to them. Who made you turn it over, Mrs. Barton? It's a gang headed by Nicky Valdez. Was Nicky Valdez who killed your husband? I don't know. I haven't seen the car since I left it out front that night. If you've told the whole truth, I'll help you, Mrs. Barton. But if you've lied, I'll return and you'll answer to the shadow. I haven't lied, Shadow. I... Shadow. Gone. I'd better warn him right away. Hello, this is Bell. Don't talk, just listen. Something's happened. We've got to get rid of the other two. One. Lola dead? See? Well, that simplifies everything. That leaves just one for us to take care of. Too late to see Nicky Valdez tonight. Lamont, his place is closed. You see, there's not even a light here in the back. Good. I want to get a look at his records. I'm right, he's the head of a large-scale blackmail ring. But that's breaking in, and Commissioner Weston wouldn't like that. Maybe not, Marco, but he likes blackmailers a lot less. Come on up the steps. I think this is the back entrance to the office. It's locked. Careful, Lamont. Lamont, look. Heavens. Is she dead, Lamont? Very dead, Marlo. Look, here's a note. Let me see it. I can't face it. Tonight I ran down a man with my car. Duke tried to make me go to the police and tell them what happened. I killed him. I guess there's no other way out for me now. Lola Martinez. Oh, Lamont, how awful. She thought she killed you. What are you looking for? The note says she killed Duke. It was Duke. Uh, uh, Did you hear that? Uh, behind the desk. Man, he's been shot. Here, take a look uh, at him. Uh, uh, it's just a shoulder wound, but he's lost a lot of blood. This must uh, be Duke. Duke, can you hear me? Uh, who are you? My name is Cranston. I just found Lola's body in the suicide note. Did she shoot you? Yeah. It was Nicky. He faked the suicide note, killed her, and thought he killed me. He's gone crazy, trying to get rid of anyone who can testify against him. Nicky Valdez, eh? Where is he now? I think he's headed for the Barton place. Mrs. Barton? Will you be all right, Duke? We still have time to get to the Barton apartment. I, I'm all right. Go ahead. Get Commissioner Weston on the phone, Margo. This time, I think I'll get the whole story. Nikki, man, didn't expect me, baby. Guess I didn't expect you so soon. Come here, baby. Oh, mm, Nikki, please. Nicky, Hello? Yes. Yes, I see. Thank you for calling. Ah, farewell. Uh, I'm sorry, Nicky. What did you say? That call must have been important. What was it? Your death warrant. What did you say? I said it was your death warrant. What is this? This, my dear Nicky, is what is commonly known as the kiss-off. That call was from Duke. Duke? Yes. <laughs> you can speak at eight. Did you really think I could go for you? Didn't you know that Duke and I have been laughing at you? Duke and you? Thought it was a cross, eh? A beautiful cross, Nicky. You see, everything leads back to you. You had my car. My car was used to kill my husband. Very pretty picture with a print to match, eh? That's right. Cranston just left your place, Nicky. 
When he walks in with the cops, I'm going to shoot you. And they'll come just in time to see that it was self-defense. Now, you played me for a sucker. Don't try anything, Nikki. You think you'll get away with this? You've gotten rid of my husband for me. Lola's out of the way. I'll get rid of you. And that leaves just you and me. And my husband's money, of course. Why, you double-crossing... This is it, Nikki. What are you doing? We've got to... Look as though we've had a struggle, haven't we? Nice show you're putting on, Mrs. Barton. The shadow. I said I'd be back. He, he tried to kill me, Shadow. He, he killed my husband and he wanted to force me to marry him. I just got the gun away this from line, him. Sure, I killed her husband. But it was her idea. She was going to knock me off. Quiet. Now drop that gun, Mrs. Barton. Drop it. Okay. But you'll never get me. No, you don't, Mrs. Barton. Let go of me. Oh, no. Need you to testify against Duke and Nicky, just as we'll need them to testify against you. You got Duke? The police already have him. They're on their way here to pick you two up right now. <laughs> to tonight's paper, Duke and Nicky are trying to outdo each other in telling everything, Ramon. Yeah, it was quite a setup. Apparently, Duke was the lure for lonesome ladies. He'd wind them and dine them in their husband's absence. Then one day, they'd spring a photo of the two of them taken at Nicky's nightclub. Then they'd blackmail her, of course. Exactly. If she didn't have the cash, they'd take her car, have her leave the keys in it, park it in an available place. She'd sign the transfer certificate so they'd have an additional hold on her. How about Belle? She wasn't part of the gang, Margot, but she was as vicious as any of them. She saw a chance to have Nicky get rid of her husband for her, so she played up to him. She's really in love with Duke. Mm -hmm. What made you suspicious of the setup? Well, I guess the truth when I saw Duke's wound. The angle was upward, indicating it was self-inflicted. If Nicky had shot him, Nicky would have had to shoot from the floor. Besides, Nicky would never have left him there alive. A man like Valdez would have been sure he was dead. Well, I hope the whole gang get what's coming to them. They will, Margaret. Death houses all over the country are filled with people who were sure they knew how to commit a perfect crime. Now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Bartley. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. In buying shoes, you make certain that you get the right size. And in ordering coal for your furnace, size is just as important. The right size coal will burn better, last longer, and give you more heat for less money. So if you don't know whether your heating plant ought to use chestnut, stove, or egg, better find out. Your neighborhood blue coal dealer will be glad to inspect your furnace and to give you expert advice. He may be able to show you other ways to get better heating, too, such as better draft control an elimination of small leaks. Yes, to really save fuel and to get better heat, be sure that your furnace is clean, be sure that it's efficient, and be sure that you order the right size of coal now. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters' names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows... Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in The Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the D.L. and W. Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Barouche. Remember, it's Blue Coal for finest heating service. It's Blue Coal for finest modern equipment. It's Blue Coal 
for the best home heat money can buy. neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Government forecasts indicate that homeowners may face another winter of shortages of all type of fuel for home heating. You're fortunate if you heat with coal and you're able to store fuel. Call your blue coal dealer tomorrow and place your order so we can schedule early delivery. Make sure that you order the right size for your furnace. And if you're not sure what it should be, ask your blue coal dealer. He'll be glad to inspect your heating plant and may be able to make other recommendations too that will help you get more heat and to burn less fuel. Tomorrow, first thing, call the nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to schedule your supply of blue coal for early delivery. The shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Curse of the Gypsies. For a dozen years, the old Stanfield mansion has been locked tight. Creepers have overgrown the walls. Dead branches scratch at the windows. And now, on a windswept night, three people, Elise King, the Stanfield heiress, her husband, Stefan King, and a nurse are coming home. Stefan unlocks the door. And three walk into the long, deserted house. See, Elise. Nothing in here but dust sheets and the musty smell of an old house. No gypsy curses, no ghosts, no... Oh! I was just closing the door, Mrs. King. I'll light a candle. <laughs> Let there be light, huh? And the terror will end. There. No. No, it's worse now. Shadows looming everywhere. Ah, you're overwrought, my darling, and tired. Let's get you to bed. Take my arm on the stairs. Stefan, which room am I to sleep in? Your mother's. Where she was brought at, after that accident? No, no, I won't go up there. Control yourself, Elise. No. You must conquer these fears. Realize they exist only in your mind. Stefan, what was that? I didn't hear anything. It came from father's room. Mrs. King, please. There it is again. It's father. Still in there after all these years. Oh, stop talking nonsense, Elise. Your father was given a decent burial. You saw him in the grave yourself. No. No, he's come back. He's come. You must hear that, Stefan. Oh, tell me you hear it. Tell me. I hear a noise of some kind. Probably a tree outside the window. But we'll soon find out. Oh, no. Courage now. I'm opening the door to your father's room. Hold the candle up. Ah! Elise, what is it? A man. Hanging by the neck. Where? I don't see anything, do you, nurse? No, Mr. King. I don't see anything. (laughs) 
good of you and Miss Lane to come down so quickly, Mr. Cranston. Frankly, I'm very uneasy. And so I gathered from your telegram, Mr. King. You also mentioned something about a gypsy curse. It sounded extraordinary. It's even more sinister than you think, Miss Lane. It's already accounted for the lives of two people. My wife's father and mother. Now I'm afraid that Elisa's life is threatened. Suppose you start at the beginning, Mr. King. Now that takes us back a good many years. When George Stanfield, Elisa's father, was a young man, he fell violently in love with a gypsy girl. Eventually, he tired of her, though, and cast her off to marry Elisa's mother. Oh, dear, romance that went sour. Uh, very sour, I'm afraid, Miss Lane. The gypsy girl became crazed with grief and took her own life. But not before she had put a curse on George Stanfield and his family. Curse, eh? What was the nature of this malediction? That all three of the Stanfields, father, mother, and daughter should die by violent death, Mr. Cranston. How horrible. So far, it has worked out to the letter. Lisa's mother was killed in a strange riding accident. And Elisa's father? Death by hanging in this very house. Apparently suicide. Yet, he had no reason for doing away with himself. He left no suicide note. I see. There was another suspicious circumstance surrounding each death. The gypsies were encamped across the hill. The gypsies? They make their winter headquarters here each year, Miss Lane. Oh. And they're back now. In that case, it seems a little strange you brought your wife back to this environment, Mr. King. I did it deliberately on good medical advice. I... I wanted to prove to Elise that there was no basis for the neurotic fear she developed. Elise, that's what I thought four days ago. I see. And what's happened in the meantime? Well... The first night we arrived, she saw, or thought she saw, the body of a man hanging in her father's room. All in her mind, of course, but... But it wasn't all in my mind, Stefan. Elise. There was somebody in that room. Uh, Elise, dear, please. I have proof now. I went back in that room. I forced myself to go back in. I was so sure of what I'd seen. Uh, you, you were very brave, my dear. Now, uh, let me introduce our guests. Oh. Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston, my wife. How do you do, Mrs. How do you do? How do you do? So you found something in your father's room, Mrs. King? Yes, Mr. Cranston. I picked this up from the floor. A brass earring. Extraordinary. It must have been lying there unnoticed ever since the house was locked up. I doubt it, Mr. King. It would have tarnished in that time. You mean... Still brightly polished. Couldn't have been dropped there more than four days ago. Then somebody's been playing tricks on my wife. The gypsies. We'll know more about that, Mrs. King, when Margot and I visited their camp. Come on, darling. All right, but there isn't much hope of finding the one gypsy with a missing earring. Perhaps, unless we get help from the gypsy fortune teller. How is she? Asleep now. I gave her hypodermic. You ought to have done that before she started wandering around the house. She almost upset the apple cart in front of Cranston. Well, if you're blaming me... I'm not blaming anyone. You know, the thin ice we're skating on. That's your doing, Stefan. I was all against getting that detective down here. It, it, it's insane. We had to have someone to testify that Elise was going off her head. A nice old lady would have done just as well. That wasn't good enough for you. Oh, no, you had to have the great Cranston to match wits with. Cora. Now he's got that earring, and Lord knows what he'll find out at the gypsy camp. Probably enough to hang us both. Shut up. I won't shut up. It's my neck as well as yours. And if you think I'm going to risk it because of your crazy vanity... I don't like you when you talk that way. I don't like you at all. Stefan. That's better. That's more like the girl I love. You really mean that? Of course, dear. Then why do we have to go through with this? Why can't you divorce and leave? And lose a fortune? Oh, no, Cora. I've learned to enjoy money too much to get along without it. Yes, but... Aren't you forgetting, dear? It won't be anything as unpleasant as that. Just the suicide of a mentally deranged girl. Let Cranston try to prove anything different. <laughs> Oh, you have found the gypsy earring, Mr. Cranston. And you are very concerned over who might have lost it, huh? You take me for a fool? Why, Gertrude? I have had experience of your kind. 
Snooping outsiders only mean one thing to Gypsy. Trouble. There'll be more trouble if you refuse to give me information. And a murder takes place at the Stanfield mansion. Stanfield? Then it is true. Just as the car told me, Ruby has come back. Ruby? The gypsy girl George Stanfield drove crazy 30 years ago. She swore she would come back from the grave to destroy him and his dear wife. But that's impossible. Is it? Remember, she came back twice before. And each time it was in the car. Look, I deal them out again. And you can see for yourself. There. She is guiding my hand. The black ace. Followed by the queen. It is certain death, I tell you. She's here. Ruby's here. Back from the grave. What? Take it easy, lady. Oh. <laughs> you live longer. Come in, Grandino. I was hoping you would drop around. I got some extra special customers tonight. Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston, the detective. You don't say. <laughs> Any little murders you once solved, Mr. Cranston? Is that your specialty, Grandino? Sure. I know all about them because I commit them. <laughs> Tuesday is my murder day. The rest of the week I'm drumming up the business. And which were you doing four nights ago in the old Stanfield mansion? Huh? I notice your right ear is pierced. Here's the earring you left behind you. Why, you... And I've got a gun, which I think he sees... <laughs> Take it easy, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> Relax. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> you live longer. I'm still waiting for my answer, Grandino. What were you doing at the Stanfield place? I have told you, Mr. Cranston, it was Ruby, the ghost of the poor child. I doubt a ghost could jimmy a window getter. However, as Grandino has nothing to say, we'll take it up with the police. Come on, Margo. <laughs> You're funny, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> Very funny. Glad you think so. I usually play for the last laugh. Well, Lamont. They're both of them mixed up in it. You notice the way Gerda suddenly changed character when I mentioned the Stanfield mansion? Yes. I became the weird old fortune-telling mystic. But why, Lamont? My hunch is she was trying to protect someone. All right, darling, this is far enough. Under the shadow of this wagon. Then we're not going to the police? No, I just threatened that to put the pressure on Grandino. It's up to him to make the next move. Look... There he goes now, leaving Goethe's wagon. Yes. Apparently in a great hurry to get someplace. We're going to follow him, Margo, but be careful. Remember, he's got a knife. More than likely, he knows how to throw it. Hello? Grandino, Mr. King. You fool, I told you never to phone this house. Take it. Too dangerous. You Be right to... over, Mr. King. Grandino. Grandino. Ah, blundering idiot. He's ruined everything. You mean Miss Lane and, uh, and Cranston? If they ever get out of the swamp, they'll be too suspicious. I'll watch every move I make. Oh. Well, perhaps it's all for the best, dear. Oh, don't start that again, Cora. Stefan. Why did I ever trust anyone? It's so easy before. What? But I won't give up now. I'll work out some other plan. I won't stop till I've wiped out every last member of the Stanfield family. Then it was you who killed Elisa's father and mother. What are you talking about? That's what's been burning in your mind, revenge. That's why you want to do away with Elise, too. Right. You don't give a rap for me, you never have. You've just been using me as an accomplice. Darling, listen to me. No, it's too late now. Perhaps you're right. It's too late. And you know too much. <gasps> Stefan, that knife... You're another fool who had to meddle. Stefan, you're mad. If you kill me, you'll never escape. You're wrong, Cora. It's my one way out. I've been working out a plan, you see, that starts with your death. 
Turn to the shadow in just a moment. Folks, if you do not have a blue coal temp master automatic heat regulator on your furnace, you're missing plenty. You are missing the wonderful work-saving ease that automatic temperature control gives. The temp master eliminates every trip to the basement to adjust furnace dampers. And you're missing, too, the even, healthful, steady heat that only automatic temperature control can give. The temp master, with its electric eye thermostat, is on the job every minute all day long. It's far more sensitive to temperature changes than your body and keeps your home exactly at the temperature you set on the upstairs thermostat. Yes, you're missing carefree heating comfort in your home if you do not have a blue coal temp master. And a temp master is so easy and so inexpensive to install. You really can't afford to be without one. Actual records prove that a temp master saves so much fuel it can easily pay for itself in a single winter. So tomorrow, call at your nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to demonstrate the temp master in your home. There is no charge or obligation. Your blue coal dealer is listed in the classified section of the telephone directory. Now, back to the shadow. Lamont and Margot, in search of the truth about a strange gypsy curse have extricated themselves from the swamp into which they were led by the gypsy Grandino and are now entering the Stanfield Mansion. Mr. King? Mr. King? He doesn't seem to be in. I hardly expected it, Margot. My guess is he's out somewhere keeping a tryst with Grandino. Then you think there's a connection between them? I'm almost certain of it. The first job is to get a lease out of this house and to safety. After that, we can complete our case against the other two. Let me see. I think this was her room. Yes, she was moved downstairs. Seems to be something holding the door. Maybe Elise moved a chair up against it. Doesn't feel like it. Yeah, now we can get through. Ooh, so dark. Just a minute. Here's a switch. Lamont. So that's what was holding the door. The body of the nurse. The knife. Grandino's knife, by the looks of it. Look at the room, all torn up as if there'd been a struggle. Grandino must have come in for Elise, and the nurse died defending her. Anyway, Elise is gone now. Must have been carried out through this open window. Yes, there's dirt on the ledge. Oh, come on, Margo. All we can do is follow. I'll go first. Now, careful, darling. I'll give you a hand down. Here I come. So we'll try the garage first, see if the car is gone. It's just possible. What was that? Over there, it's Mr. King. He's been hurt, Lamont. That gash on his forehead. Mr. King, can you hear me? Oh, Mr. Cranston, help me out. There you are. Thanks. Now, what happened, Mr. King? I heard a noise outside, came out here to investigate. But there was a scream from Elisa's room. I ran up to the window and something hit me. I, I don't remember. Elisa's gone, Mr. King. What? Oh, they've taken her. Uh, easy, uh, Mr. King. Margo and I are going after Elise now. Come on, darling. The gypsies, Mr. Cranston. The gypsies. It's clear now what's happened. Whatever game Mr. King was playing with Grandino, it backfired. Grandino must have kidnapped Elise, probably for ransom. Probably taking her back to the gypsy camp. And so, Margo, there's only one person who can tell us for sure. Goethe, the fortune teller. Goethe? Yes. She's going to get a visitor she didn't foresee in the cards. The shadow. <laughs> Why did you bring me down to the wine cellar, Grandino? I wanted a private talk with you, Mr. King. Well? 5,000 is not enough, Mr. King. But that was our bargain. Now Grandino is changing the bargain. <laughs> Five grand was all right when I was just playing tricks on your wife, like uh, pretending to hang myself. And a mess you made of that, dropping your earring. But now I've gone on to bigger stuff. I've become an, uh, an artist, you might say. The Botticelli of the Blackjack. 
But the beautiful wound you have on your forehead. You didn't have to hit me so hard. You almost broke my skull. (laughs) It made a monkey out of Cranston. He's off chasing me now, looking for your wife. And all the time she's lying here doped in the wine cellar. (laughs) Yes, Mr. King. That ought to be worth a lot of money to you. How much do you want? Twenty-five grand. What? You can afford it. You'll be a rich man soon. <laughs> a fortune all to yourself. Left by your poor, dead wife. Uh, uh, I'll think about it. Not a glass of wine? Yeah. <laughs> Makes you thirsty looking at these big vats. <laughs> Here's to success. Mud in your eye, Mr. King. <clears throat> ah, it's good stuff. Well, Mr. King, thought it over? For 25 grand. Oh, yes. Yes, I've come to the conclusion, Grandino. Uh, You won't need that much money. (laughs) You're funny, Mr. King. (laughs) You make jokes. (laughs) In fact, uh, very soon now, you won't need any money at all. (coughs) Very soon. What what did you put in that that wine? It works fast. Uh, you should have stuck to your blackjack, Grandino, and left blackmail alone. You're, a... You're funny, Mr. King. Very funny. You'll get a gypsy burial, Grandino. Your body in a swamp. And then, Elise, I'll be ready for you. with the card, they tell me nothing. No faces come up, only numbers, numbers, numbers. Because your days are numbered, uh, Getter. Who's there? This is the shadow, Getter. <laughs> I hear a voice from nowhere. Shadow is right here, right here beside you. What do you want with me? Where is Elise King? I don't know. She was taken from the house. Her husband was knocked unconscious. Was he hurt? Was Stephen badly hurt? You seem very concerned about Mr. King, Gerhard. Uh, I, I... I believe I understand. I, I don't suppose you feel as affectionate toward Grandino? No, I always hated him. He was always snooping around my wagon, trying to find out things. What things? No, no lies, Gerhard. He, he was curious about my little boy, the child I adopted long ago. I see. So you raised an adopted child, Gerhard. That must have taken money. Where did you raise it? I had a rich admirer once. He was generous. I think I can guess his name. George Stanfield. But this locket around your neck should prove it. There. Shadow, give that back. Not till I've read the inscription. To my beloved Ruby. Shadow. So that's it. You're the crazy girl who was supposed to have died of heartbreak. The gypsy girl who cursed the Stanfield family. No, no. But you lived on to take your revenge, didn't you, Goethe? Or should I call you Ruby? Listen to me. I haven't time for that now. Your son must be stopped before he commits his last crime. You will be too late. The last of the Stanfields must die tonight. The cards say so. But the shadow says no. <laughs> doing up here, Stefan? I have a surprise for you, Elise. In the attic? Yes. I found it when I was exploring up here this afternoon. In this old trunk. Do you recognize it? My wedding dress. Yeah. Let oh. me place it around your shoulder. Oh, no. No. Oh, you must. You must, Elise. Don't you remember how happy you were that day? Oh, so happy. Perhaps if you put the dress on again, that happiness would come back. Everything that has happened since would disappear like a bad dream. Oh, if it only would. There. Look how prettily it fits about you. Oh, you're so kind, Stefan. So sweet. Now, my dear, take my hand and step up to the altar. Up to the altar? You remember the scent of the flowers and the organ playing softly in the background? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. And do you remember the present I gave you that day? Pearls. I close your eyes, my dear, and I'll put them on again. A rope of pearls about your neck. Oh, Stephen. Do you feel them touching your throat? Oh, but they're so rough. 
Feels like a rope. A rope around my neck. Goodbye, Elise. Last of the Stanfields, you're oh. going to... She's slipping to the noose. She's fainted. But there's someone in here. Where are you? Where are you? Right here, Stefan. <laughs> Whose voice is that? The shadow, Stefan. I've come for you. Your crimes are over. You can't prove anything against me, Shadow. I can prove murder for one thing, Stefan. And for another, trying to drive this poor girl insane. Yes, Shadow, she is insane. And that's why you can't prove anything against me. I can prove you're the son of Goethe, the fortune teller, Stefan. And that for her sake, the sake of revenge, you killed Elise's mother and father. Then you killed the nurse, and perhaps Grandino, too. Yes, Grandino, too. But he'll get the blame for the nurse's death, Shadow. No one can convict me as long as Elise is out of her mind. No one will have to, Stefan. You yourself are going to write a free and open confession. Are you mad? No, but Elise is. And she's coming to now. Huh. What do you mean? You'll find out. Elise, can you hear me? It's the shadow, your friend. Oh. Oh, there you are, Stefan, my love. <laughs> You didn't leave. Elise. I'm glad you didn't. Because now I can kill you. Shadow, stop her. You failed, Stefan, but I won't. Shadow, ready no. for a confession, Stefan? No. <laughs> Don't shrink uh, from me, Stefan. You love me, remember? You're my husband. Free and open confession, Stefan. No. No, Stefan. No. no. All right, Shadow. I'll, 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 I'll sign anything. Get her away. Elise. Elise. Oh. I had to do that, Elise. What have I done? What have I done? You merely aided justice, Elise. I, I, I don't understand. Perhaps that's just as well. Soon you'll be completely well again and will hardly remember the horror you suffered from a man named Stefan King. By then, we'll have died in the electric chair. <laughs> Now, let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Barclay. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. In buying shoes, you make certain that you get the right size. And in ordering coal for your furnace, size is just as important. The right size of coal will burn better, last longer, and give you more heat for less money. So if you don't know whether your heating plant ought to use chestnut, stove, or egg, better find out. Your neighborhood Blue Coal dealer will be glad to inspect your furnace and to give you expert advice. He may be able to show you other ways to get better heating, too, such as better draft control and elimination of small leaks. Yes, to really save fuel and to get better heat, be sure that your furnace is clean, be sure that it's efficient, and be sure that you order the right size of coal. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The names, characters, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, The Shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The Shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer, Andre Baruch. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.